Hello, and welcome to the Pathmic Psychiatry for Primary Care podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for our conversation about TMS, or transcranial magnetic stimulation. Today, we have Noah Degatano, who's the director of our TMS program and has extensive experience in TMS, who's here to answer our question. Welcome, Noah. Hi. Thanks for having me. So first, tell us more about TMS. What is it? Sure. So TMS, or as it's sometimes called RTMS, stands for Repetitive Transcranial Magnetic Stimulation. Um, And I'll break those words down piece by piece. So the the magnetic part refers to the fact that um, the way that TMS works is through an electromagnetic field, essentially you have this metal coil that produces a 1.5 Tesla magnetic field, which is similar to the old uh, MRI machines. And anytime you have a strong magnetic field, you create an electrical field. So that electrical field um, goes transcranially or through your skull um, and stimulates your brain. And the area that we usually stimulate is called the left dorsal lateral prefrontal cortex. And that is an area that is networked or connected to a bunch of other areas in a circuit um, that helps regulate your mood. And so um, the last piece of that name is the repetitive part. Um, So instead of just one pulse, we do multiple pulses. And when they're done at certain frequencies, they activate those neurons, uh, those nerve cells in that area of the brain to fire action potentials. And essentially what that does is, is it both can increase the activity of, of that area, which in some patients with chronic depression uh, is underactive. And more importantly, um, it somehow recalibrates or retunes the entire circuit uh, that regulates brain function and your mood. There are other neuroplastic changes and changes on the cellular level um, that can also be be tracked, but um, that's the general idea in terms of what the mechanism is of of transcranial magnetic stimulation and, and how it works. Thank you. What kind of patients would one refer to TMS? TMS was originally FDA approved uh, for depression back in 2008 and specifically for treatment resistant depression. Subsequently, uh, TMS has been FDA approved for some other things, including obsessive compulsive disorder, migraine, and most recently smoking cessation. And so the particulars of, of, the certain machines and the certain protocols that that are needed to to treat those different things varies. But what most people still talk about with TMS is depression, because that's what insurers um, cover. Most insurers cover TMS for depression, but not for those other indications that I've mentioned. Um, And obviously, in terms of access and people's ability to pay for services, um, that makes a big difference. Who would I refer to TMS? Um, Clearly someone with treatment-resistant depression, but how do I define that so insurance will pay for it? In general, most insurances 
um, require patients to have severe depression and require patients to have tried four antidepressant medications and not responded to those trials. Now that can mean either that they took the medication at a therapeutic dose for at least a month and they didn't get better uh, or they didn't stay better, uh, or it can mean that they had some side effect or some issue with the medication where it was intolerable for them to take. Some insurances you know, are a little less stringent. Some actually ask for that, plus, you know, augmentation trials where you've tried two medications together. Most insurers also ask for um, also at least a month of evidence-based psychotherapy. And um, if all those boxes are checked, then um, they may cover it. So when I bring up TMS to patients, they typically have a few questions. One major question is, how similar is this to ECT? Sometimes people get anxious about any time they hear uh, about brain stimulation because people have heard about uh, shock treatment or electroconvulsive therapy before, which is an incredibly effective treatment, probably still the most effective treatment we have for, for depression. Um, but there are side effects, um, including, you know, um, cognitive problems that, that can linger on for months. Um, so one specific thing to know is that, uh, you know, TMS is actually very different. It doesn't have cognitive side effects. And in, in, in fact, um, it may have benefits in, in some cases, you know, the, the general side effects are that it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I, I tell people it's kind of like having a woodpecker kind of tapping on your head. Um, but uh, knock on wood, I've still not had any patient who's dropped out of treatment um, because it was too uncomfortable. So it's, it's something that people habituate to adapt to. Secondly, usually on the front end of, of the treatment, and it's, it's multiple treatments, there can be some uh, tension headache. And then the last thing is the really one serious side effect is, is a seizure. The chances of having a seizure are quite low, depending on which machine you're talking about. Um, the one we use here, the studies have shown between about one in 40 to one in 60,000 people could, could have a seizure. It would happen only when you're actually getting the treatment. So not, you know, at, at some separate time. So you would be monitored if it did happen and, it, you know, addressed appropriately. A more serious problem could happen if you did have some metal devices in your head or some metal fragments, because uh, again, you're dealing with a strong magnet like an MRI. We always screen for things like that, um, as well as you know possible seizure disorder. In general, most people um, don't have contraindications to TMS, and most people find that you know the side effects are, uh, are pretty minor. And the, the treatment is not, um, it's not as old as ECT, but it's also not that new either. So as I mentioned, it's FDA approved in 2008. They were doing uh, research on it for, for decades prior to that. There's a clear evidence base um, around um, the effectiveness of the treatment. And also a lot of people have been monitored for safety. Um, and it's quite safe in terms of the, you know, side effects, the potential side effects and the safety of the um, treatment, 
the good thing about it compared to medications is that it doesn't have systemic side effects, right? And you're just targeting a specific area of the brain. You're not putting a, a chemical into your body that goes everywhere and, and can potentially affect multiple different systems in your body. Usually self-limited. Sometimes people will take a little ibuprofen or Tylenol, take care of that. Yeah, it sounds like there's much fewer side effects. You mentioned especially the cognitive side effects we can often see with ECT. I also know there's no general anesthesia with TMS. And it sounds just generally like a much less risky procedure. How effective is it? So TMS is effect, more effective than uh, medications. Um, but not as effective as ECT. So, and, and that brings us back to the whole question of, you know, why, why do TMS? Well, um, if you look at the largest naturalistic study of antidepressant treatments that has ever been done, the, the STAR-D, they basically had people start uh, one treatment, which is a medication. And then if they didn't respond to it, um, they went to another medication or sometimes to CBT psychotherapy. Uh, if they didn't respond to that, then they went to another medication. I think there was even an augmentation um, option as you went through this, you know, algorithm. But people, you know, in terms of the number of people that responded, you know, only 36 uh, percent uh, responded on, on the first trial and then 30 percent with the next trial then. 13 with the next trial, um, even after four trials, you know, there were still 30% of the people that hadn't responded. Um, so that's, that's, you know, almost a, a third of, of people who are just not going to respond to, even to multiple trials. And the large scale naturalistic studies that were done in 42 clinics are, around the country with a, a trial of over 300 patients. And many of those patients would have had, you know, more medications, as you know, you know, with insurance criteria being what it is in terms of requiring multiple trials of medications. Um, and in that large scale naturalistic study by Carpenter in 2012, almost 60% of patients had a, a response, which, which was defined as a greater than 50% improvement from baseline on standardized measures of, of depression. And about a third of, uh, about 30% of, of the overall group uh, actually had, had remission of, of depression uh, completely. So, you know, those are pretty good numbers compared to, you know, less, less than 10% chance that, you know, you're going to try another medication and it's going to work for you. I think that's a really impressive rate of improvement or remission, given that these people have already tried multiple medications and psychotherapy. How many sessions do people typically need? So a usual course of TMS um, that's approved by insurance is 36 treatments. So 30 of those treatments are done back to back five days a week, and then usually will taper uh, the last three weeks as two treatments a week. Um, 
And it is important that people, you know, stay on that schedule because I, I've noticed that, you know, people have had something that's come up uh, and they've missed a week or two that, that they could plateau or start to backslide a little bit in terms of their improvement. So we do, uh, we do try to keep to that schedule, but the treatments themselves are relatively, you know, short. Um, and one thing I'll say that's different about TMS uh, versus, you know, other treatments for treatment resistant depression, including ECT or uh, S-ketamine when it's, you know, done in the, in the way that the REMS for S-ketamine requires where you have to be observed after treatment um, is, is in both of those cases, you know, it's a long time. You're talking hours. Uh, someone has to take you to the treatment and pick you up. Um, nice thing about TMS is, you know, the, the treatments vary between three minutes and about uh, 18 minutes. And you can drive yourself and you can go right back to work or whatever you're doing right afterwards. So I think that is an advantage of TMS for a lot of people. Um, just as that, and that's more practical uh, to be able to fit that into your life. Definitely. Once someone's gone through the treatment, so they've done their 36, do they usually stay in remission or would we expect a relapse? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so there was a paper 2014 by Dunner at all that, that looked at that and at uh, about one year and saw that about uh, 40% of patients had had a recurrence of depression. And, you know, those numbers vary depending on what study you look at. It does seem like uh, there is more durability in the improvement and remission with TMS than there is with medications in, in general. But, you know, depression is for many people a chronic, you know, relapsing, remitting disease. And um, so, you know, a significant number of people are going to have a recurrence. Um, but you can get Another course of TMS, if it was effective for you before, is there's about an 80% chance it'll work again. Um, and you, most insurances, um, somewhere between three to six months after you finish TMS, if you responded well, may approve another course of treatment. So if I wanted to refer someone to you for TMS, how would I do it? Great question. <laughs> Go to Epic Orders and type in TMS, and um, it'll pop right up. There will be some questions in there to answer about all the things I've mentioned, how many medications someone's been on, if they've done psychotherapy, how severe their depression is. Um, and that's really, you know, hopefully anyone who's listened to this now knows it's really critical for me to have that information. And it's a big part of, of getting prior authorization for the treatment. Um, and even knowing if the person, you know, is eligible or if they should try another trial medication before they get sent my way for a consult. Yeah. And I know some of my patients are interested in knowing more about TMS. They're type curious, but I think the stigma from ECT does hang in pretty tightly with people. So I know sometimes I'll refer them to you for a consultation. Yeah. So I'm, I'm also happy to do that. Um, you know, and it's helpful if you indicate that in the referral, just, you know, that they may not, uh, maybe they don't even, you know, really meet the criteria yet, but they want to find out more about it, or they do meet the criteria, but they're, they're ambivalent about doing it. So, you know, I always like to tell patients that uh, coming to me for a consult is, is about having a conversation and them being more informed, um, not any obligation to, to do TMS treatment, hopefully that'll 
put people at ease and, and um, you know, give them an opportunity to see if the treatment's right for them. Can I refer patients with bipolar depression? TMS was FDA approved for unipolar depression, so insurances will not cover it for bipolar depression. Still an area that's being worked out. You know, I will say um, anecdotally, I've treated a few patients with bipolar depression and had some good results. Of course, with any antidepressant treatment, there's always a risk of, you know, inducing mania. I did have that issue happen one time. I upped the person's Depakote, which is a bipolar medication, uh, and they leveled out, but they're uh, in terms of the hypomanic symptoms that they were having, but their depression also still got better. Unfortunately, you know, unless out of pocket is a is an option for them, I can't you know get insurance coverage for patients who have bipolar depression. I know you put a TMS resource guide on our SharePoint site, which I've added a link to in the comments, and that has a lot of really excellent resources to help patients understand more about TMS. Uh, the videos I put up there is just by, by another practice that does TMS that put together a nice doodle video it's, and also one by the manufacturer of the machine we use. Um, it just gives a, a general sense of kind of what it looks like and what people can expect when they come in. Feel free to message me with any questions outside of, you know, a, a formal referral and I'm, I'm happy to, to answer any questions you have. Great. So people can just staff a message you through Epic. Exactly. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, Noah. Thanks for having me. This was fun.